right, everybody. So today we have back on the podcast, Jeffrey Verity Schofield. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing great. How about you? I, uh, well, I'm cold. If so, if everybody can see, I have this huge jacket on. So I often start my day with a really large shake. Um, it's not even, it's like maybe three or 400 calories, but it's got a lot of frozen fruit. So one, pretty much guaranteed at some point, I will have to pause this to pee. And two, it freezes me to my core. So it could be like middle of summer, but this thing is so cold that I'm just like frozen for an hour. So that is that is why I have this giant jacket on right now. So we... Uh, Hiding the neck gains. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we'll dive into all that. So well, yeah, so let, let's start with that. Let's start with my clairvoyant abilities here because uh, it was very funny. You know what's actually super weird? So this is like totally unrelated fitness, but the day before, uh, you know, like somebody asks, like almost in an annoying way, if somebody asks you a question and you just blur out an answer before they've even, like just to be funny or whatever, like just to say something before they've even answered or said the whole question. So somebody said to me, okay, so what is the answer? And I just like, again, just like 12 before they answered the question, asked the question. And uh, then they asked the question and it was based on like, how many of this does this thing have? And the answer was 12. And I was like, that was, and I had no idea what it was beforehand. It was just a weird, one of those weird moments, like, what the hell was that, right? And then the Fair next day, else. yeah, exactly. And then the next day, for whatever reason, I knew we were talking today. And I don't even know, I know you're bulking up and everything. And for, I was just thinking, you know, it'd be an interesting experiment if you did neck training. And I've never heard you talk about it or anything. And I sign on to Instagram and I see you with a neck harness. And it was just so bizarre. Um, and so what made you decide to get into that? So I don't know. I think I haven't been training for as long as you, but I've been training for like seven years now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's always has to be something that keeps you interested in training. And I just figured, you know, my neck has been the same measurement for so long that I might as well try to train it. Yeah. And, you know, I had seen a video by Jeff Nippard like a while ago on neck training. My reaction was like, oh, that's cool. I'll mm -hmm. probably do that yeah. later. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go do that tomorrow. Like it was a great video, and but it just sort of you know sat in the back of my mind mm -hmm. uh, that I watched you know Alpha Destiny's videos on it. Yep. I'm actually chewing through his yoke playlist right now, okay. and a lot of that is is neck type of stuff. And then um, Josh Brett came out with a video where he trained his neck for 100 days straight, mm. and he went from like 15 and a half to like 16, 16.75 or something. Okay. The course of a hundred days, which is pretty huh. good going. Yeah. And, you know, I just figured it would be an interesting challenge. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I know you've now, I think seen my videos on it. So I started back in 2017 and it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I definitely don't have this really big neck, but it's now I would say proportional. So I started with a 15 and a quarter inch neck at 190 pounds. And now it's gotten up to close to 17. This is at the Adam's apple, obviously at the base, it's bigger. Yeah. Um, but at the Adam's apple, it got up to close to 17. But I had also gone from like 190 to 205. So for me, I always say you got to check at the same weight or body fat, because obviously, yeah. you know, like our arms could grow as much as we want if we gain 40 pounds, yeah. right? So yeah. Um, yeah. you got to compare across like a, a certain body fat. And so at that point, I mean, by 2017, I had already been lifting like 12 years or something. So to have an inch growth anywhere, it was great. You know, I'm like, okay, this, this is actual yeah. progress. 
Um, I first tried it with bands connected to the harness. And that was, I want to say one or two months. And I didn't notice anything. And I was actually about to give up. I was like, oh, just this neck train is not working for me. And I don't know if it was due to the ineffectiveness of the bands because I, I was going to failure and it act or, you know, close to failure. And it actually felt good. It felt smooth. I basically had the bands connected to the door yeah. and then the harness. So I don't know if it was the ineffectiveness of bands and, and how the tension was put on the muscle or if it's just because it was my first month or two of neck training. So I was developing, again, that neurological adaptation to something new before the muscle growth really kicked in. I don't know. Um, but almost all of the size increases came in six months and then pretty much all of it within a year. I, I have to say, I've continued to do it. I've tried to um, find different ways to progress with, the, you know, side variations and different volumes. Yeah, you, you said that, yeah, you said that you kept gaining strength, but you didn't notice any size. Yeah. Like that was the only muscle group that you've ever noticed. Like if you, yeah. you put on biceps strength, you're going to like curling strength, you're going to put on bicep mm -hmm. size. Yeah. Like you seem like very sort of astounded and perplexed as like the strength is still going up. Yeah. It's like no difference Especially at all. Especially my, my, so the neck flexions um, have been a little bit more constant and maybe that's like, I can't cheat as much. So I lie on my back. And I just really try to go strict and I go, you know, up and down like that with the neck extensions. I don't know if it's because maybe upper back is taking over, but I mean, I, I stay pretty constant form, you know I mean? I'm, I'm up and I go down here and then I come up and I don't, you know, cheat or anything. Obviously with something like neck, I'm not going to be like up, you know, shooting all over the place. Um, That's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. It, it's very odd, but I mean, literally like a 50% increase in the weight for the same reps and it, it wow. didn't go up. And it's like I said, or like you said, no, I have yeah. no other examples like that where I've gotten, yeah, I've never even heard of that. Like yeah. I can't imagine a client, you know, putting 50% weight on their squat with the same technique and everything mm -hmm. and just not seeing any quad growth or glute like nothing yeah There's especially nothing for happening. for such a isolated movement like you could imagine maybe like a deadlift like i put 100 yeah. pounds on my deadlift in one year but i switched to sumo there were techniques right. you know stuff like that yeah. but this is i mean timing yeah. right right so yeah it's very interesting um have you remeasured well no it's only been like a week for you right so yeah, yeah it's yeah. yeah it's only been like a week but the strength gains have been pretty pretty impressive i got the harness and i've done it for two sessions the first session i did uh 10 kilos so like 22 pounds mm -hmm. for 10 reps okay and my the back of my neck was was pretty sore yeah so I, I did just everything to failure and then beyond failure one of the, the instagram videos was me going to failure like Ugh! yeah yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Then, well i'm like doing partials because you're you're stronger down here it seems so i just you know went to failure and then did a little bit of like yeah banging and then today I did the same weight that I got for 10 reps. And the first rep, I was like, oh shit, that was easy. Like it uh -huh. just felt like nothing. And I got yeah. 25 reps. Okay. So nice. yeah, 15 I, extra uh, reps in two days. Let me see if I, I'll see if I can find it. Um, yeah. So I did, when I describe it, I do tell people like, don't go to failure because it's neck training, but I, to be honest, I do. I'm pretty comfortable yeah. with it. I've never, I've at most strained it a little bit 
Um, and when I've done that, I just make sure I stop. I definitely, it's not something that like I push through at all. Um, yeah. and then that's it. So, so let's see. Um, the, when my I instinct would be, go ahead. Yeah. My, my instinct would be like, if it's a 20 rep max to failure controlled, I don't see how that would be really much of an issue, especially if it's like a progression that you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I wouldn't do a, a three rep max or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. I, there's just no point, right? I pretty much always will do 20 plus reps. Like I, I wouldn't even bother going like anything below 10, I would say. And even that could be a little questionable. Yeah. So I'm just trying to find the, uh, roughly like a year in. So this is an example. When I started, I was doing, I just went light 25 pounds. Like this is like my first session ever. 25 pounds yeah. for 15 reps. And then yeah. a year later, I was doing 30 pounds for 44 reps. So obviously a little bit heavier and like more than double the reps. But now if I do, I can do 45 pounds for like 40 reps. So it literally is like a 50, a 50% increase in the weight for the same reps and it didn't didn't really grow anymore so like i said it's, it's possible that i don't know maybe upper back muscles took over i really don't believe that form change but it's interesting i don't think i mean obviously you're not going to get like a 20 inch neck if you're like 180 pounds right i mean unless you're like a super freak like it's still going to be proportional yeah, to yeah. weight like everything else um because you're you're now up to you said 215 right yeah about 215 usually when i hear uh a neck measurement and this goes with a lot of different measurements mm-hmm. you can measure it in a way where you get extra inches for free like if i measure around yes. near the base mm-hmm. i already have 20 inches and if i go like way wow. low and get because my my traps insert right just stupidly high i don't even yeah like i had traps before i ever touched a weight yeah when i was running like 80 90 miles a week <laughs> i could not get rid of these fucking traps like they just wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't fucking disappear um and so you know if i if i measure around the base and and get the upper trap meat involved right it's like 20 inches already yeah it's very hard neck is like only 16 and a half yeah you have to be honest with yourself about it because i noticed mine is definitely not 20 but i would get close to like 18 when i was heavier like at the base but then you know like maybe 16 and a half here and then up top by like actual jaw that's really only increased maybe three quarters of an inch. Um, I mean, to some degree, well, not to some degree, to a large degree, head shape uh, and, and basically jaw structure will factor in to how, like, you know, you see some people with some, I mean, I have a, I would say fairly average width jaw, but, you know, you get some people with these like huge jaw lines yeah. and you're just inherently going to have a, a thicker neck and vice versa. Yeah. Like, I think that goes with a lot of muscle groups. You can just see some people, it inserts in a way where it's just always going to be big. Like you see Dorian Yates after like eight months of training, he looks incredible because his lats insert like stupidly low mm. near his hips, but then also stupidly high up, like out in his arms. Yeah. And so like, it was always going to be a fucking big back. Yeah. Like you can listen to him for back training, but like he could have done a lot of stuff wrong and still gotten a fucking huge back. Yeah. Just, based on his genetics and how everything inserted just because it's more 
it just covers more area based on inserting in certain places. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Would, and I mean, that's, it's so important in terms of like overall shape. And then you, know, what's funny is you, you see that with like women as well, in terms of what a lot of guys find, you know, like a desirable female physique, right? Like I've seen women who hold like, you know, let's say even if they're five, five, they might hold like 150 pounds really well, even though they're maybe like thicker because they just have this like really tiny waist and, you know, like good proportions. And I've seen other women who like, unfortunately for them, like they I seem to have six packs, but blocky waist. And it's just, it's just tough, you know? And with guys, yeah. I've, there was like this kid at my gym who I can't imagine this kid is more than like a buck 60, but just all of like the classic insertions and everything that if he puts on 15 pounds of muscle, he could literally compete and do well because of how yeah. it inserts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the waist size. And then just how everything is, is put together. Like, you know, Chris Bum said could never work out a day in his life. Mm-hmm. And he just has that the wide shoulders and then the narrow waist. And like he could probably be like 30% body fat and just have yeah. a dad bod. <laughs> and he would still look decent, yeah. right? Because he would just carry everything well. And other people, they're in really good shape, but they just, you know, it's just everything is is yeah. proportioned a little bit differently, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's that's almost all just genetics. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll see some people and it's, you know, they're 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 they have really narrow shoulders and then like a, a blocky waist mm-hmm. and then they send me their goal physique yeah and it's like this fitness model right just the most amazing v-taper and i'm just like no there's like there's nothing i can do yeah to write in your plan yeah which can, can you know <laughs> not a magician you know like i right. can optimize your program but no program not even like a surgery or something or steroids is going to yeah. really cause the same effect so in that regard you know genetics certainly are really really yeah. important well, that's why the I, highest level i i don't know like i it bothers me when people say like oh well then just do this like for instance like with the wide waist thing right so like i'm fortunate in that i have wider shoulders but i also have a wide waist and some people will say oh well you know who cares if you have a blocky waist just just get bigger lats get bigger shoulders and it's like yeah but proportionally it's always still worse than if you had a narrower waist right and, and same thing like you could say um you know with you like i think you said that you have a very well you do have a very tiny waist relatively speaking but i think you have like a narrower upper torso and shoulders right like relatively is that right yeah yeah so i don't i haven't measured like my clavicles or anything mm-hmm. um but certainly i've seen some people who just clearly have you know significantly broader shoulders yeah um well, it was really so interesting. The only thing when, making my the only thing giving me a V taper is is the small waist. Well, yeah, Not which I was shocked by how <laughs> tiny yours was because you sent me a picture which was definitely the Ayo. softest I've seen you, and it was <laughs> like I, I don't know what you would put your body fat at, but I would have said I don't know like twenty percent or so. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, it, spot on. I would say twenty percent. I I did a video saying I'm twenty percent, and that's okay. Cause like yeah. apparently a lot of people in the fitness industry, it's like, Oh my God, the minute you're over 15%, it's like, yeah, you're, you're a criminal, et cetera. But you still and, have like almost a 32 inch waist in the morning. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But, dude. But I, I didn't realize how special that was. Cause I always thought oh, like yeah. 30 was like typical. Uh-huh. I, I was just figured like, like 
it was just normal. Yeah. So anything below 30 is bonus points and anything above 30 is like not good. Right. And so, yeah, I didn't realize that until like I actually, you know, talked to more people and, and got yeah. more. more no, man, I'm, I, I have to realize. get, I have to get like a full on six pack <laughs> to get a 32 inch waist. I know Lane Norton. Now he's particularly blocky when Lane's like yeah. contest lean. He still has, I think like a 32 to 33 inch waist. He says, um, yeah. I think Abel also had about a 32 inch waist at 180. So to be like 215, 20% body fat, I mean, that's ridiculous to have waist at 32. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize like I've measured, um, I measured with a vacuum at like 26. And so my goal, <laughs> my goal is to get equal sized legs and vacuumed abs. Upper thighs. Yeah. 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 So wow. I, I hit 26 today. So, but when I die, yeah, thighs, but when I, when I die down, I'll probably lose an inch. So I'll need to get 27 mm -hmm. at least. Where do you measure um, the thighs? Yeah. So I do measure pretty high. Uh, if I measure exactly in the middle, it might be half an inch less, mm. maybe three quarters of an inch less. Um, but that's just where I've always measured it. So I try yeah. to keep it consistent, but I think the standardized way of measuring it. And that's the thing, like. For the biceps, it's obvious, like, oh, just measure at the biggest right. point. Like, no one's going to measure halfway up and yeah. shortchange themselves, right? Right, right. Um, <laughs> if anything, you, you like, most people will, will try to, like, go sideways or something. Yes. To, like, I've yeah. seen some, some sideways measurements on camera. Mm -hmm. um, but for the thigh, I'd always measured, like, maybe two, maybe three quarters of the way up. Yeah. Um, just to get some adductor involved. It's hard um, to be, it's very hard to be consistent with thighs. Cause I've taken, like, I was thinking about it with arm measurements and I'm like, okay, so with my arm measurements, I've literally measured my arms since I was starting. So like, let's say 13 years old. Right. And I've taken them on average, at least once a week, probably more than that. And I'll take it a couple of times, whatever. I mean, I've literally wrapped that thing around my arm thousands of times and, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. quite consistent with it with thighs. Yeah. Like you said, and it depends on like, if I'm very lean, my upper and mid thigh is not a huge difference. There's clearly always a difference, but obviously you, you put fat on your thighs and like more upper thighs and glute area. So the heavier I yeah. get, the bigger the difference. Um, and so because of that reason, I do often measure at the top, uh, but I'll still for the sake of, I don't know, I guess what's probably more like reality in terms of more like the muscle mass and where the belly is i try to do the middle as well um but yeah i mean i think anywhere that you get thighs if you're getting the same measurement waistline and thighs that's that's pretty insane my yeah, uh the, the reason yeah, yeah the main reason i measured pretty high was just because like if i measured in the middle then like oh and then i measured slightly higher up i would yeah. get like a quarter of an inch bigger and mm -hmm. then it's like oh i measure a quarter of, so i just measured it like whatever got me right. the biggest measurement and then just stuck with that mm -hmm. because that was, it would be like measuring, you know, not in the middle of the biceps, but like slightly out. Mm -hmm. You just want to go for the highest. That's just, yeah. it was mostly just to be consistent because I noticed that, you know, if I measured just haphazardly, mm -hmm. because how do you measure exactly halfway? Right. You have to like get a tattoo. I literally joked about that before. I remember <laughs> thinking like I would get a pen <laughs> 
and just forever have a pen line. I'm not even kidding. Like when I was in high school, I remember thinking, how am I going to take these measurements? Um, that's funny. But yeah, at one point I was up to 27 inches and uh, obviously body fat was fairly high at that time. Um, now, I think I just measured them at like, I mean, again, I'm, I'm like low 180s right now. So I think I measure them at the top at like 25 and a half. So, but it, I mean, it varies quite a lot with, with my body weight, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's a, I don't know how long, like if your limbs are particularly long, this is a topic Abel and I've talked about quite a bit though, where we're the same height, but my limbs are much longer. And so even when I had 27 inch thighs and was squatting in the 400s, it, they weren't, they didn't look small. Uh, my thighs themselves looked okay, but I had a buddy whose uh, thighs measured probably two, two and a half inches smaller. And we would like look in the mirror and it was like laughable. Like his would just like dominate mine from like a bodybuilding perspective um, because was he, shorter, he was shorter. Yeah. And, and his thighs yeah. were, I mean, he, he was shorter, but even proportionally his legs were proportionally smaller or like shorter. Um, yeah. and yeah, my yeah, brother yeah. too, my brother has the, I don't know, well, he gets them from my dad, I guess he has these meaty legs. He literally hasn't worked out in like years and his legs would just like <laughs> dwarf mine if you put any effort into them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, that's, I mean, limb length and proportion can definitely make, um, a big, a big difference. And then also, yeah, just some people, some people just, they have decent sized legs, but they just have no quad sweep. Mm -hmm. It just it just doesn't sweep outwards at all. Yep. Like there's just not a lot of shape to the outside of the leg. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like in terms of bodybuilding, you know, the cuts and the striations and the vascularity. And then like, if you, if you get a teardrop as well, you can, you can turn like a shit leg into a pretty decent looking leg. If mm -hmm. you just build a little bit of teardrop muscle yeah. and it might not even contribute to size because it, you know, local hypertrophy we know that's a thing because muscles are not ropes and and so <laughs> zing and so you know if you get a little bit of just teardrop buildup it might not actually impact your leg size when you measure it but it'll, yeah. it'll look way so let's talk about your diet a little bit that you've gotten up to because what did you have you been gaining for like years or did you previously have a cut and then you you went up so I'll actually just check my spreadsheet. Um, basically, um, from I, I cut from January to like June this year. Um, okay. Just no reason in particular. I just, you know, kind of wanted to get lean for the summer, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, before that, I hadn't really cut for a while. COVID kind of messed things up and. Um, I mean, I lost weight during that time, but it wasn't, it wasn't fat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I somehow managed to lose weight while getting less lean, which was, mm. so I, I gained fat while losing muscle and losing weight over even COVID. With like, yeah. Even with during like three or four months of, of pretty strict quarantines here. Mm. So, you know, I could do like dips and pull-ups, yeah. but my legs shrunk a ton. I, I was still running a lot, but actually that probably had something to do with yeah. losing leg size. Cause that definitely doesn't help at all. Right. Um, and then this has been one of the longer sustained bulks that I've had. Um, 2019, I, I couldn't really eat as much cause I was broke. So that, and it was just 
you know, working a bunch of jobs. So yeah. That did not help with, with gaining. And so this has been, you know, probably the longest consistent caloric surpluses that I've had in the past, you know, four or five years. And that's just since this past June. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. June to November. That's And that's really not that long, right? I mean, no, yeah, it's not like I, if I had a client, I would tell them to gain way more slowly because yeah. I'm up like almost 30 pounds yeah. in five or six months, which, <laughs> uh, yeah, like if a client was doing this, I'd be like, put the fork down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be telling them to chill and pump their brakes. Usually it's like, you know, a pound or two a month or something. Right. Like just much more controlled. Um, but, you know, I, I, I cut pretty hard and I, I bulk pretty hard as well. And it just seems yeah. to work better for me. Um, and I haven't really gone above 20% body fat. I've actually sort of leaned out the past two weeks without trying at all. Yeah. You mentioned um, that. I think you, yeah. I don't know if it was cause you were a little lax with the diet or what. Yeah. I just there. wasn't, you know, cause you have your, you get sick of the same food. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, pizza and cheesy bread is going to be what gets in the calories. Yeah. But then like, you're sick of that. You've been eating it so much. And so you go for, you know, the healthy option with mm -hmm. the fiber and you just get full and then it's, yeah. it's off. And then the scale goes down and you're like, well, I need to be more disciplined with things. So yeah, well, it's <laughs> all to go I, back to days of, of cheesy bread. And I was going to say more disciplined being going back to eating <laughs> shit. Food. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough life, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Do you, uh, your diet's interesting because you were mentioning to me just from a time efficiency standpoint, you pretty much have liquid calories most of the day. And then around your workout and like later in the day, you actually eat a couple like real meals. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Doucette hates me for a reason. My diet <laughs> is like probably the, <laughs> the antithesis of what he would actually promote. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of liquid calories. Um, it's not a lot of chewing. It's just, I get in the calories and then, you know, I'm, I'm, my training is pretty hard and I, I do get in like 10,000 steps a day. Mm -hmm. um, I actually edit when I walk. So I walk for an hour after training. Okay. That's when I edit my videos, just, just walking around and editing your on phone? My phone. Yeah. 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 I know. You gotta show me how to do that, man. Cause I, I mean, I don't do much editing. So all the, like, cause your videos are fairly well edited. You do that just from your phone. Yep. What kind of phone do you have? A uh, shitty Xiaomi note three. It's not, I need to get a new phone. It's, it's cracked so many times. Just what do you use to edit? It. Like, Kind Master. Yeah. Kind Master. All right. We'll, we'll talk out of podcast. I got to figure that out. Um, yeah. It's good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, there's definitely something to be said for the variety with food, right? I mean, this is a well-known thing. Like when people have more options, they eat significantly more ranging from on an acute basis, right? Like if you're at a buffet, you're just more likely to eat a lot more than if there's like two options available. Um, but then also like longer term people who for instance, obviously a lot of the reasons that these restrictive diets work is simply because they limit your options. Um, and I've, I've noticed recently I'm only finished dieting and I've been working with Steve for like four. We're on, we just finished week four and or now we're in the middle of week four, but anyway. Um, and I'm already like, my hunger is much lower, obviously just with eating more and the, but I haven't had the same like food obsession 
but I've just recently been on this Indian food kick. And I think it's just because it's something that like, I never really had before. Like I'm Italian. I've had infinite amounts of Italian food growing up. And then obviously all the standard things that Americans eat Chinese food and whatever. So this is like a new type of food to me. And I've literally gotten it. I think I've gotten it 10 times in the last three weeks, not exaggerating, because it's like, oh, what is this? What is this? And so I'm still keeping it within the calories and everything. And I'm still weighing stuff. But um, it's just that that variety definitely brings something to the table. Yeah, I think that's why when I'm cutting, I'll just have the same thing every basically Mm -hmm. the same thing every single meal when I get I'll just order the same like rice and chicken breast Mm -hmm. and broccoli mm. <laughs> uh, it's not broccoli it's like it's like some other peppers or some vegetable but like yeah. it's the same just basic meal with some carbs some some fats some proteins and then and when you're that hungry it's still enjoyable that. though yeah exactly that's the thing that's actually part of the reason why i like bulking and cutting because the bulk primes the cut and the cut primes the bulk so when you yeah. bulk up like right now my hunger is is pretty negligible mm-hmm. um because I'm, you know, far above my set point. And, and, you know, when I cut, it would actually be a nice thing. Like it's kind of a relief yeah. to not have to eat so much food. Um, and then, you know, at the end of a cut, well, shit, everything tastes good. And like, you know, appetite is way up and hunger is way up and, you know, you can just ride that out. And so they almost like work very synergistically. Yeah. And I think main gaining can work. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think it would be all that much better than like this kind of bulk yeah. and cutting approach. Plus, like I, I just don't like carrying that much weight in the summer anyway. It gets so hot here yeah. that I'd rather be leaner. But in the, in the winter, like having some fluff is nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something I've, I've talked about before, and we'll get into like the gain taming bit because one of my arguments against, like I, I kind of said, you know, once you're kind of done with like the natty gains, it there's an argument to be made to just kind of main gain or whatever gain tame because. A lot of the year, I found myself, okay, so like if I'm bulking for nine months and I'm cutting for three months or whatever it takes, then at least half the year, I'm either more full than I want or I'm more hungry than I want. <laughs> and I'd rather just yeah. have like a happy medium. And for me, like 190 to 195 is a really nice balance where food is still enjoyable, but I can also kind of go away and eat whatever I want if I'm on like a trip or whatever and make it up in like two days like the body just because i'm not like sucking in everything so it's a really nice balance for me um but my issue is less the food and more just that i just don't know if i believe much in the whole like body recomp gain taming thing for naturals yeah i just don't see now i'm not i'm also not saying that like if you're far into it you should be doing like dreamer bulks because i've done that too and like it just didn't net a lot at some certain point but i do think for most naturals i mean really just for most people i think you need a dedicated period of time towards what that goal is and i don't think it's as simple as like well i'll be in a surplus for this day and then i'll be in a deficit for this day i think muscle growth takes a long time and a concerted effort over months you know yeah, and it, it takes a lot of energy as well. I think people underestimate just how much energy it actually costs to synthesize muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is significant. It is is quite a bit, and you know, it, it will definitely slow down progress 
trying to maintain too lean of a physique or just not eating enough. There's a lot of people who think they're main gaining when they're really like maybe in a deficit mm-hmm. or like they're just not getting in quality sessions because they're afraid to eat. And I think a lot of people do conflate dreamer bulking with bulking with lean bulking. Mm-hmm. And like you can have that happy medium where you're just gaining weight slowly, you know, enough to synthesize muscle tissue at a pretty good rate. And even fat gain, it's usually not that excessive. If you look at overfeeding studies, you can eat in a surprisingly massive surplus. And a lot of these gain guys are not gaining a whole lot of fat. Um, you know, they were in like a thousand calorie surplus or more per day. Mm-hmm. And the fat gains were not ridiculous. I mean, they were noticeable. They were much higher than the, the smaller surplus group from what I recall, but, but it wasn't like a massive amount of fat. And the way I look at it is that fat loss is relatively easy. I mean, some people might think it's difficult, but compared to muscle growth, fat loss is very, very fast and very, very easy. So if you gain fat in the process of optimizing muscle growth, that can be cut off relatively quickly. You know, as long as you're willing to cut back on the food intake, especially if you're active, if you have a lot of muscle mass, uh, if you're prepared to put in, you know, extra steps and, you know, so going on a mini cut occasionally can cut off any of that extra, extra fat you gain. And so, you know, as long as it's not like 30 or 40% body fat that you're going up to, mm-hmm. um, I don't really see the issue with it. And in terms of health, I mean, 20% body fat is not going to be remarkably worse than, than 15%. Um, on the video I did, some people were like, well, yeah, you sacrificed your health to get to 20%. Did I though? Did I though? Like, I, I don't know, man, blood work is perfect. I can still run, you know, well under a seven minute mile and everything. And so like my resting heart rate is still 45 or 50 or something. So so that's great. Yeah. So I I don't think it's really detrimental to health. And I think the positives outweigh the negatives, uh, at least in my case. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'd caution people with the overfeeding studies is like, they're generally shorter term. And so you have like a little a, bit of like, yeah, I mean, you have a reservoir, right? okay, some is going to go towards water, glycogen, things like that. Um, also, there's pretty huge um, inter individuality there, where if you look yeah. at some people, they actually there, I've seen people where the meat goes down, even in response yeah. to overfeeding, which is wild like that just yeah. sucks <laughs> and then vice yeah, versa yeah. That, that's where I, I think it's important to know yourself like i know that i can get away with uh, a sizable surplus um but not everyone can like if i had someone who used to be fat they used to be you know very very high in body fat percentage i would be much more cautious and conservative when bulking just because yeah. it's likely that their p ratio is, is not going to be great they're going to store fat more easily um and, or if someone is like, they used to be skinny fat, even, um, I would say that's probably also an indicator that they should proceed fairly cautiously. Yeah. Um, so it really is pretty individual. Like I just, I know myself and I know that like, if I do gain a little bit of fat, I, I hold it well and I I've, you know, bulked and cut looks like what one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. Seven times over yeah. the last seven or seven or so years. Um, so, you know, for me, it's worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I'd comment also is that 
like when I, I've given this story before, but when I was, geez, this was 2000 and oh my God, I'm feeling old, man. This is 2011. So this is 10 years ago. Um, and I probably had about 10 to 15 pounds less muscle than I do now. And I got, I cut down to 170 and I was like, you know what? Like, okay, this is pretty lean. I'm just going to bulk up to 175, cut down to 170 and just kind of repeat this, hoping to like be a better version each time. <laughs> And I did yeah. that for like six months and I literally went nowhere. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and it's no, like, in, what's yeah. up? Yeah. Like you're in too theory, lean, this won't work. Yeah. you know, I don't even think it was the leanest thing because some people have said that and they're like, oh, and, but like, I wasn't that lean. I mean, I was lean, but I was like beach lean. I really okay. just believe it was just not enough dedicated time. It was like, you know, a month, maybe like two months of like slowly going up to 175 and then a month down. Um, and I know some people, they do it and you could say, yeah. maybe there's like a genetic component. I don't know, but I really think you got to put in months and months and hit new highs. Like you're right now, yeah. you're hitting a new lifetime high, right? Steve Hall was a good example of that. He never yeah. let himself get up to 200 plus pounds and now look at the results, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And you want that momentum. And this is where I think many cuts are okay. <laughs> to like maybe clean things up if you find you're getting too fat mm -hmm. for your own taste or just, you know, in terms of percentages. But, you know, I do see some people, they do that five pound up and down approach. And especially, I, I, I think leanness does have something to do with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Double a lot factor. of it is just the moment. It's just the momentum. Like you just, you can't get any traction. And then now you're in a deficit and your bench is fucking stalled. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, now you're in a surplus and like you're gaining a little bit, but then like, you know, you've lost all your momentum there as well. Yeah. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. When I see people on social media who like are, are constantly, Oh, it's a three week bulk. And then a, a two week cut and a three, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like this, this would yeah. never, ever, I would never, ever see progress like that. You do want like that sustained. I think, especially if you're natural. Yeah. I think if you're enhanced, like you're going to maximize all that, all that surplus when you're in a surplus. And then when you're in a deficit, you're still fucking growing anyway. Yeah. People will grow into shows for fuck's sake. Yeah. They'll, they'll be in a surplus the entire time into a show. It's just, they're like, Oh, eight weeks into my diet up five pounds. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What the well, fuck? there are, some people are not aware of the fact that sometimes these different dieting protocols or um, like blasting cruises within a workout are, were literally tailored for enhanced Drugs. people based yeah, on yeah, the drugs yeah. that they were using. And they think yeah. like, oh, I should do it for this song. It's like, they're doing that because their drug protocol is changing. Yeah. So it doesn't apply to you, you know? And uh, I think people don't yeah. realize that sometimes. There, there are so many things in the industry that like even, because I've only been in the fitness industry for like two plus years, mm -hmm. um, maybe three years. But um, a lot of the stuff, you know, a lot of the practices I didn't realize were just drugs. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of what people, you know, how people trained, it was just drugs. Like that was the only reason people did this. And it just sort of trickled down, you know, through various sources Yeah, and the naturals were like, well, that's look at this guy. Like that's how it's done. Like, yeah, by golly, look at, look how big he is. He looks like, you know, a shaved rhinoceros. <laughs> if I want those kind of results, well, you know, I guess I better do the same thing. Yeah. And then, it just didn't work, right? Because it's it's a different game.
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great transition into one of the topics I've seen people comment on uh, on my video. And I, so I just had Mike Isertel on recently, and this is something that you and I talked about a little bit in the DMs, was I do think that oftentimes, o- almost always, people's people will be influenced by their use of performance-enhancing drugs to the point where if you were to take that same person that, you know, in another universe, they had stayed natural. And then you take that person in, you know, current universe where they're using performance enhancing drugs for an extended period of time. I think it would almost never be the case that those two people would come to the same exact conclusions about training. I just think it's going to lead even the same conclusions about how naturals should train. I think it's just going to influence you too much and you almost forget what it was like. And Pete Rubish, if you know him, he was on my podcast um, probably months ago now, but um, he, he was like, I didn't realize we were the same age because when I was like 20, he was like blowing records and everything. He, he was a beast. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Yeah. He, he's still fairly young and you? I'm 30. Okay. So, wow. I thought he was older than me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was, are you 30 as well? 32 32 yeah. yeah no he's he's 30 i believe maybe 31 um but anyway he, he was talking about how like now that he's completely come off he's like it is so dramatically different i mean it's just like things just don't work anymore like you just can't grow yeah. so yeah I, I just think it changes your perspective too much and, and you kind of forget like oh this stuff just like wouldn't have happened it just wouldn't have worked you know yeah no uh the youtuber natural hypertrophy had a video pretty pretty uh flamboyantly titled steroids make you stupid <laughs> and the thumbnail was you know two like two meme characters saying just up trend like mm-hmm. when something doesn't work you just you up the trend and i i mean that's obviously a very harsh title but i don't think it's wrong in a lot of cases you know um obviously mike knows his stuff inside and out and you know he's he's one of my go-to sources for a lot of stuff, but I do think that in some cases it is easy to have your judgment be clouded by your own experiences. And if you're enhanced, a lot of your own experiences have been through that prism of being enhanced mm-hmm. and you know, it could cloud your judgment. And if you have a platform that you're you know, being viewed by probably 98, 99% naturals, 97% naturals. Like the vast majority of people watching YouTube videos are not enhanced. But a lot of people making YouTube videos, they are enhanced. Right. And so that, you know, that divide right there is pretty significant. And yeah, I, I, I can't think of that many enhanced lifters that give good advice for naturals. Like, a hundred percent of the time across the board. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Mike's advice does apply and a lot of it is very good, which is why I follow him um, and why I respect his opinion. But there are certainly some things, you know, like rep ranges, chasing the pump, Mm -hmm. uh, exercise selection to a certain extent, RPE, reps in reserve, that kind of stuff where, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like that, I'm not sure if that really applies as much to natural populations. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you could even and I don't know, I don't think this is why Mike does it. But you could even make an argument back to like, the cycle thing of like, okay, so sometimes as people are 
doing a cycle, they might, I mean, obviously the blood levels of whatever you're using are going to increase throughout the weeks, right? I mean, and then if you are ramping up, let's say, okay, you're getting lower and lower RIR, you're adding more volume. Well, that happening in conjunction with increased blood levels of anabolics could make more sense compared to maybe somebody who's completely natural, just as, as an example. Um, but I agree. I mean, I like Mike a lot. Um, I'm hoping I hadn't had him on in like two years. So we stuck to some different topics, but I'd love to get him on next year. And because there's a few things I wrote down, including these topics, I'd like to get his opinion on. And obviously, I, I hesitate to say too much when the person's not there to like give their counterpoints, because I'm sure he would have his, his own points to bring up here. But um, oh, he, he, he'd destroy me. Yeah. He'd destroy me. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to debate him. Like he's, <laughs> he's an intellectual Titan. He'd, yeah. He'd squash me like a bug. Like I'm just, I'm just voicing my concerns from a very, very safe. <laughs> now I'm very impressed with his, uh, his verbal IQ. He's, I mean, he's obviously he's up there in intelligence. So um, there are yeah. certain particulars though. I want to bring up with him to just kind of see where he would stand on them. 